0: You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplusses. Hey, everyone. This is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered in iTunes and online because it's based on one thing and one thing only – And that's helping you make smarter trades. So thanks so much again for tuning in today. Got a really cool episode for you. Uh, We're now back after the Brexit stuff that happened, which actually ended up being really, really good for us. I mean, our portfolio was was well positioned for Brexit. We were short a lot of things. We were long, a couple of good things that went up. So overall, I mean, like I I wish it could have happened a little bit more more than it did. And, And the downside would have been a little bit greater than it was, but at the end of the day, we made some really good money on Brexit, so hopefully another one of those type of events comes up soon or maybe the market's turn back over. But now, low volatility is back in the market, so we have to be picky and choosy with some of our trades. Now, in today's show, what I want to go through is this whole talk about robo-advisors and automated investing. And you've probably heard some of them out there or seen some of their ads online, but it's really, really growing in popularity. Now, it's funny because a lot of these robo-advisors have been around for a long time. So some have been around since you know 2004, 2006. I mean, they're not new to the scene, but their popularity is growing exponentially as their uh, funding starts to increase, as they start to get a little bit more funding from venture capitalists and seed funding and also as their technology starts to improve a little bit better. But I can tell you right now, after doing a lot of research and digging into this over the last two weeks, that the reality is, is that they just don't work. That That's all the, there is to say about it. And we're going to dig through it in this podcast and kind of show you some of the numbers. And you can also check out the show notes page at optionalpha.com slash show52, which will give you everything that we're going to talk about here and links and resources, pictures, graphs, the whole thing. So you can get a clear understanding and idea of, of how these robo-advisors differ from just active investing like we like to do here on Option Alpha. Now here's my one request before I get into the show, and my one request from you is if you think this show has been extremely helpful, please, please, please send this show or email the link or forward the email that you got from us if you're on our newsletter. Send that to at least one or two other people that you know. Anybody that you know that talks about investing, maybe your financial advisor because this would really help them out, Uh, maybe a buddy that you have or a friend, a family member, anybody, because. We have to get this information out there because I think what they're doing, honestly, I think it's borderline like a scam, the whole idea of of this being a scam and kind of we'll talk about this here in a little bit, but we have to get this out there and we have to get more people engaged in this topic. I don't care if they're options traders or not because this is not necessarily about options trading. It's just this conversation about robo-advising and the difference between doing that and being an active investor or even just completely passively investing in the S&P 500. But this conversation needs to be had a lot more and I... I'm doing this now because I've got a lot of comments and questions over the last six months or so about robo advisors, and finally, it's always come to the point where if I get enough emails about it, then we'll do a podcast about it. I'll do a lot of research behind it, make sure that it's good and quality, so that you guys have the right information. So before we get into it today, let's talk about kind of what a robo advisor is, because maybe you do know what they are, and if you do, go ahead and hit the fast forward button a couple times. If you don't know what they are, then I want to go through it just so you guys have a really clear understanding of of how it works and kind of what they are. Now, there's really two main robo-advisors that are out there. And the two main ones are Betterment and Wealthfront. Both of them have been spending a substantial amount of money on advertising and kind of gaining their user base and growing their user base. In fact, I think even just a couple months ago, I started seeing a lot more advertising on TV for Betterment on like things like HGTV because my wife watches that all the time. And it's just really crazy to see those types of ads you know, on different channels and mediums. But those are the main two ones that are out there right now is Wealthfront and Betterment. And we'll talk about their kind of performance numbers and statistics, obviously, in this show. What a robo-advisor does in the most basic sense is that they are basically a computer advisor or an algorithm advisor. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to replace or be an alternative to a human or certified financial planner, basically a human advisor. So they have their models or their computer algorithms, air fingers quotes, and they say, okay, come into our system, our platform, and type in your age and your risk tolerance and your portfolio size and all of these different questions that they might have, and then the computer will automatically spit out and process your portfolio and give you your recommended allocation, maybe to hit your target or to hit retirement or whatever the case is. So they take all these numbers, they crunch it up, and it's just a big computer that just crunches these numbers, and then they allocate automatically for you your money. So if you give them $100,000, they will automatically allocate 35% to US stocks or 10% to US bonds or a bond ETF or whatever the case is. So they are the allocation engine for everything that you do in your portfolio. The lure being that computers can possibly be a little bit smarter, non-emotional compared to humans, which may be true, and that they only deal mainly with ETFs. So they're going to mainly invest in these low-cost, low-commission ETFs, which I agree is good. If you're going to do that, if you're going to invest in something and you don't necessarily know if you should invest in one stock or another, Go with an ETF. It's low cost. It's, you get diversification. You can do that by yourself. You don't need a robo-advisor to do that. But that's one of their main pushes for the you know, mass market is just to invest in these ETFs and this diversified portfolio of ETFs. Now, their whole twist on everything is that they assume that by not only investing in these ETFs, which reduces the cost of having a traditional financial advisor, which I accept and I agree there's probably lower costs and fees in investing in ETFs versus a traditional finance financial advisors, so sorry any financial advisors who are listening to that, you guys know it's true too, but they're also saying that their big lure and their twist on everything is that they will automatically rebalance your portfolio. So if stock prices go up and now your allocation is too heavy in stocks, Then they'll rebalance and sell out of some stocks and buy some bonds, or they'll sell out of stocks and buy, you know, get into cash or whatever the case is. So they'll automatically rebalance, and then they'll do this automatic tax loss harvesting, which basically means that whenever you have a losing position, they're going to automatically try to close it out and harvest the tax loss out of it to kind of minimize that impact on your taxes. All cool. Sounds really sophisticated. Everything sounds really awesome. It's even cool to say it. I know a lot of people probably just like go into a party and say, Hey, look, I've got an automated algorithm that invests my money, and that all sounds really fancy. But the reality is, is that none of this stuff actually works, okay? So now we know what they are, it's very simple to do, they've got great technology, they've got a great platform, everything looks really cool, the simple fact is none of it actually works. So here's what I want to do. I want to tell you guys how I kind of got to these numbers, and again, Everything that we are talking about here can be found on the show notes page. If you want to use some of these resources, do your own digging, obviously. We're going to put up some conversation snapshots and and, uh, pictures on the show notes page at optional.com slash show52. You guys can see everything there. And obviously, add your comments, start the discussion, see what you think, tell me what your experience has been with them if you've had an experience with any robo-advisors. But what I did is I went out last week and I basically just emailed both of the top two robo-advisors out there. So I emailed Betterment and I emailed uh, Wealthfront. And I basically just asked like, where's your performance? Because in my opinion, I think if you claim that you have better performance, like Betterment does, because that's their whole spiel and and stick, that they have better performance, then they have to back it up with some sort of data or statistics. Like how has a Betterment portfolio performed compared to a benchmark index like the S&P 500? So I went out and I just emailed both and I got some interesting responses back from them. Now, before I even say this, I have to say that I believe that Betterment does a worse job in misleading people than Wealthfront, right? And I don't know everything. I don't have an account with either one of them. I'm just talking about exactly what I see on their websites. But Betterment does a worse job at misleading people because what they say on their website, on one of their main pages, which is why Betterment, they say that they have better returns that they can expect or customers can expect a 4.3% higher return than a typical DIY investor. Now, why in the world would they say that? I mean, like seriously, why would you say a typical DIY investor? Why don't you just say the S&P 500? Why don't you say the total world index? Why don't you say any other benchmark index that's relative compared to a typical investor? So sure, they can get these typical investors numbers, but then I can say, I might as well say on optionalpha.com that you can get a 15% higher, better return than my grandmother. Like Because it doesn't make sense that a typical investor is meaningless when compared to the benchmark index that everybody else in the world uses. And in most cases, if you're in the US, you use the S&P 500 as your benchmark index because that is the efficient portfolio Index. So I think it's completely misleading that they use this as their way to say that they have better returns because 4.3% higher sounds really good. I mean, if I said to you, hey, would you want to make 4.3% higher returns? You'd say, yeah, of course. Then who? Oh, well, then the typical investor. Well, I mean, for God's sake, like I can make 4.3% higher returns than my dog if I just said better returns than my dog, right? So Obviously, you can see I'm a little bit fired up about this, but I think they're the worst. They do a worse job at misleading people. Now, what's really interesting is when I emailed Betterment. So we'll take them one at a time here. I emailed Betterment. I said, Look, where's your guys' performance numbers? I can't find them on the website because really, truly, you have to do a little bit of digging to find them, which I think is why they don't list them on the website. But the guy was helpful with me. He kind of taught me where to go to see the audited performance figures for Betterment. And you have to go to a page and you got to scroll down. And this is all in his email. He said, Please scroll down to the bottom of the page. Then you have to click the section label Better Performance. Then you have to go into the section labeled several portfolios. Then you have to go into additional data options and disclosures before selecting the percentages you want to view based on benchmark indexes. So it's not pretty apparent that they have better performance. You have to kind of really dig through their disclosures in their portfolio. But I dug through all that stuff and I put a screenshot up on optionalpha.com so you guys can see that. But what's incredibly amazing about this is that if you view all the benchmark portfolios at once, so every possible allocation that Betterment can put you in, 100% stock, which is just a bunch of ETFs, a 90% stock, 80% stock, 70, 50, et cetera, all these different things that they can put you in, not one of them, listen to me carefully, not one single allocation or portfolio they have beats the S&P 500, not one. So let me say that again, Betterment does not beat the S&P 500, not one allocation that they have. In fact, in the last 12 months, which I think is incredibly telling, because the last 12 months, the market has basically gone nowhere. The S&P 500 has been up 1.7% as of the time I'm recording this podcast. Betterment's 100% stock allocation, which would almost exactly track what they say, almost exactly tracks the allocation of either the total world index by Vanguard or the S&P 500, whatever you get into, is down negative 5.1%. So almost a 6% spread in in the last 12 months between the market and their best highly tracking quote unquote portfolio. I mean like, look, you tell me, does that really tell you that you're doing things a lot better by going through them? Yes, I get it. And like, I know I'm gonna get emails from people saying yes, but it's all automated, it's all systematic and I get it. And that's all really cool. Their stuff is really cool. It looks good, it sounds good but it just doesn't work and that's the reality. You've gotta take control of your own portfolio if you want to have better returns, okay? Now here's where I'll give you a little plug and a little bit of a teaser for next week's episode because in um, in the next episode that we do, which is show, uh, what is it, show 53, we're gonna go through the exact strategy that actually outperforms the S&P 500 on paper with verified numbers and it takes you less than one hour per month to do. It's an options trading strategy that you can use that literally takes you less than one hour per month. In fact, I would even say, and I'm just like really, really buffering here, I think it really would take somebody about five minutes per month to do. I'm assuming that it takes you a long time to do because you've got dial-up internet and everything, and like it's gonna take you five minutes a month to do, and it outperforms the market verified by 24%. Now that to me is a better strategy and it's just one single simple option strategy. And again, we're going to talk about it next week in show 53. So obviously be on the lookout for that one. But it's really, it really kind of frustrates me to see like a company like this and obviously it's highly regulated, has hundreds of thousands of customers. And once you dig through their numbers, you actually see that they actually don't make any more money than investing in the S&P 500. Like why? I don't know. It blows my mind why you do, but there it is. You guys can see it. Now, let's take a look at Wealthfront. Now, Wealthfront is a little bit of a different cat because you had to really dig through here, and there's a lot of stuff that they have that they don't publish. And what they do publish as far as allocations and returns are in white papers and different articles that they have on their site. So, there's really not a definitive place, again, like Betterment, that you actually find the return numbers that they have for their portfolios. Now, once I started digging through with one of their support reps, I went back and forth. I said, look, okay, I understand you guys are giving me all this stuff, but like, tell me, like, where do you guys list your allocation or performance against benchmark indexes? And here's what they said back. And again, this is actually going to be up on our website so you guys can see the screenshot, but they said, Hey, Kirk, he said, given that we are passive, the ETFs and our allocations will never exceed the benchmarks like an active fund might. So let me say that again. This is their words, quote unquote, from Wealthfront. The ETFs in our allocations will never exceed their benchmark like an active fund might. Never. So that's what they're saying is that they are tracking as closely as possible, but they are never going to be higher than the benchmark index or S&P 500. And that's really, like, again, if you just ask the right questions you're going to get answers that I think are a little bit surprising. So here you got two of the biggest companies, hundreds of thousands of clients, millions of dollars of market cap and, and size in their companies. And yet they publicly say now, although you have to do a little bit of digging because it's not on their home page, that they will never exceed the benchmark indexes. I don't know what you guys want to take out of this. I don't know, you know, like what the big nugget to take out this is because it, it, it literally just frustrates me to know and that this has now become the next wave, the next like lure or stick in Wall Street is just this move towards automatic allocations, automatic investing, but all they're really doing is the same old stuff that they've been doing before. I mean, we know that the 6040 stock allocation doesn't really perform better than say an options portfolio or something else. So now why does an automatic allocation of the same 60-40 stock portfolio, why does that perform better? Because you save the 1% fee that you might have paid to a financial advisor that you can go in and sit down because you can go in and log into your app and check your performance right on your phone. I don't think that any of that really justifies underperforming the market and I have a bigger bone to pick with a company like Betterment that actually says that they do really better and they kind of mislead a lot of investors by saying that they do better than the DIY investor. I think it's really misleading. I think the whole thing has a long, long way to go. The technology, yes, is very good. But the actual underlying fundamentals and the algorithms behind it and the methodology of allocating on the same age-old diversified portfolio that everyone talks about still doesn't work compared to something like the S&P 500. And so I think you really have to dig deep and understand if this is something that you want to do. Now, again, if you want to see all this stuff, we've linked up to all the relevant pages. You just go to optionalpha.com show52 And you can see all of those different allocations and all the different performance stats and pictures and our conversation with all the support teams that that we've had. Everything's up there. We're 100% transparent in what we're doing. And again, next week in show 53, we're going to talk about the simple option strategy that Literally, you can do in less than an hour per month that outperforms the S&P 500 by 24%. And I think that's a better comparison and that's why I want to have it as our next episode because that's something that you actively have to do. There's nobody who's going to do that for you right now. There's no automated investing robo-advisor that can do that option strategy for you right now, but it takes you less time than probably logging into one of these robo-advisors and setting up your whole account all year. So I think it's worth your time and effort to understand how to use some of these option strategies. And this is why I continue to preach and do this week after week because I think the availability of options is growing. So the liquidity in the markets growing for options. The technology is getting faster and faster and better and it really does outperform the market. It doesn't just say that it outperforms the market and then doesn't actually have any numbers to back that up. And so that's what we want to do next week in show 53. So again, hopefully this has been really insightful in understanding kind of what these robo-advisors are, what they do, what they don't do, and why I believe they're not the wave of the future. So let's get into the closing bell segment and talk about a new trade that we're doing in SLV. Now. The Closing Bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so a new trade that we're going to do today in SLB is a new short straddle trade. So this is actually really interesting because At the time I'm recording this, it's just after July 4th, so hopefully everyone had a good July 4th weekend. And we're going to get into a new straddle trade in SLV. And the reason that we're going to focus on SLV, which is a silver ETF, is because it has gone crazy lately. Now we traded SLV very successfully about two months ago when silver, or this ETF, was around $16, $17. But just in the last three days, it's gone from about $17 up to about $19, which is a pretty substantial move. And in that time period, implied volatility has gone up from the 40th rank up to the 97th rank, which means that volatility and option pricing right now in SLV is about as high as it's been in the last year, almost as high as it's been in the last 24 months. In fact, I haven't even traded SLV at, I don't think we traded SLV at all back in 2010 or 2015, maybe one or two times. But this year in 2016, we've made at least 15 trades in SLV and have done very, very well because volatility is higher. So again, that just kind of speaks to the fact that sometimes there's a rotation in what things are kind of in season, if you will, for options trading, and volatility always comes back. It may take a little bit longer than some other products, but silver now has become one of the go-to staples for trading, and uh, so that's why we're gonna make a trade. So again, stock right now, is trading around $19 it's trading about 19.08 it's up on the day about a percent right at $19 and again implied volatility is in the 97th rank so with volatility this high at the high, near the highest end of the spectrum what we have to do here is we have to be a little bit more aggressive in the strategy that we choose yes you could do a credit spread yes you could do an iron condor those are all short volatility short premium strategies and they would work but you have to remember that you've got to leverage into and kind of scale into this higher volatility because when premium is this high, you have to be aggressive in capturing it because it's not always going to be here. It may be here for a day or two days or by the time that this podcast goes live later on this week, it might all be gone. All the premium might be gone in silver and you know volatility might be back down. So what we're going to do here is we're going to add a short straddle trade and we're going to sell the... Uh, 19 straddles for August. Now the 19 straddles for August are actually about 45 days out and so that's right in our sweet spot and kind of our wheelhouse for trading. We like to do trades anywhere between 40 and 50 days out or so and so this kind of is right in our sweet spot about 45 days out. And again, since volatility is high, we're capturing a huge premium to do this so selling the 19 straddles which is short the 19 call and short the 19 put for the same expiration period, gives us a premium of about 171 per straddle that we do, so it's $171 of premium per straddle that we end up doing. We're going to do three in this case because that's what we want to do to keep our risk size you know, appropriate and we've also got some other straddles that we've been trading here in SLV. So we're gonna continue to leg into this position and ladder into it or just add positions slowly over time. But right now this is the most that we've actually taken in on an SLV straddle. And again that's because the premium is so high. So if you look at it now the 19 strikes if we take in a dollar seventy one in credit, that means that our lower break-even is 1730. So we've got a pretty good break-even point. Is that right? Yeah 19 minus 171. So our lower break even point, I'm sorry, is 1729. So that's our lower end of our spectrum on the break even point. And then if we add in the credit that we take in of 171, uh, then gives us our topside break even point of about 12071. Uh, so a very good wide range here for SLV to move and still make money between now and August expiration. And again, it's not that it can't move outside of that range, it definitely could, it's just that the odds are really, really stacked against something like SLV when volatility is this high. When option pricing is this high, you have to be aggressive in selling it because long term, historically, it's always, always overpriced. And that spread, that overpricing in volatility and option premiums is much higher when you have a setup like this. So that's why we're doing it. We're doing it completely neutral, completely delta uh, neutral to our portfolio. We're adding this position on. We are definitely looking for a drop in volatility or for the stock to basically stay where it is or in this range that we've defined here for the next month and a half. And if it does, then we end up making some pretty good money on this trial. So that's our newest trade here today in the closing bell segment. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, links mentioned in the show, and any related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com show 52 That's just the number 52, optionalpha.com slash show52. Again, like I said earlier, if you could do us a favor and send this show just to one or two people that you know that you think might get some benefit or value out of today's show talking about robo-advisors, that would help spread the word for us and I would be extremely grateful. Finally, if you like today's show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. It's honestly the best way to get the show into the hands of those who need it most and other traders just like you. Finally, you can get today's freebie, which is our ultimate strategy guide, completely revamped and expanded. We just went through a couple weeks ago and completely rewrote this entire book and expanded it by going to optionalpha.com ebook. That's our ultimate strategy guide. Again, it's completely free for you guys. You just have to go to optionalpha.com ebook. Until next time, happy investing.